0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. That we will always share Godly principles, biblical principles around our finances. And I will say this, I'm not going to shy away from the topic because it's an all encompassing topic. Every one of us deals with managing our money, living in God's blessing in our life. And so I think it's just one of the areas that we always need to come back to. We're going to teach the full Bible. So that's my commitment to you. We won't abuse it, we won't manipulate around talking about finances. But I do believe, listen, we're called to make a difference. We're called. Called to make an impact, and uh, we're called to live out God's plan for our life. And so, uh, as we dive into this series, it all kind of starts when it, when you think about your finances. It all starts with an understanding of who we're bringing glory to. That in our life, we're meant to bring a glory unto God. We're supposed to lift him up. That in all areas of our life, that God can be lifted up and he can be glorified. And our finances is one of those. And I think the problem, though, when it comes to money, quite honestly, is sometimes it's easy to glorify ourselves when it comes to money, right? It's like, I earned this or I did this and look at what I've accomplished. I have a friend that uh, just last week got an amazing promotion because uh, he's lived in Tampa, and then uh, Apple called him up and offered him like three times what he was making in his current, and God just blessed him, and and he just said this to me. He said, listen, this isn't just me. This is like the favor of God, and I loved hearing that because I think sometimes we can be like, well, I worked hard, and I did extra, and I did everything that my boss said, or I performed well, and I think there's an element, in and don't get me wrong that we should not be lazy and we should not do it. But there is a such thing as living in fog in the favor of God, like living in the blessing. You can say that, okay? You can walk around and be like, I'm just living in the fog today. Come on, like descend upon me, Lord, right? You know, like we get some of that fog, not here today in Indiana. We got the wind today, but uh, we get the fog, like the favor of God in our life. And I love to hear when he got that promotion that he was just like, God has blessed me. And we just have to be careful that we are living for God's glory, even in our finances and when it comes to uh, what we uh, what we bring in or what we get. And uh, I I I just think this principle will kind of articulate really my sincerity and my heart behind you understanding how we think about finances and how we approach finances. We don't we don't give to get. We get so that we can give. Now there's a, there's a difference or there's a there's a difference in those two ways. Some t- some teaching out there will say, "Listen, you give so that you can get." That is not how I see God's word unfolding and how we should live our life. We get so that we can give. It's just a simple change in our thinking that God is blessing us so that we can be a blessing to other other people. You might hear us say from time to time, we're blessed to be a blessing. That just means like God is blessing us and it just shouldn't stop with us. It should continue on. And uh, I think uh, how we handle our money, uh, the Bible talks a lot about it. It talks a lot about how we uh, steward it, how we handle it. The Bible talks a lot about prayer and faith and actually over 500 times the bible mentions prayer and faith F- prayer and faith but would you believe this that the bible talks and references money over 2000 times and i think this is a simple thing that we can we can zero in in we can zero in on here because there's a truth and it boils down the reason that the bible talks about money so much and so often is because there's a simple truth behind that there's a it boils down to one thing it's that how we use money reveals what we value most right like if I would come look at your your checkbook and no one probably keeps a register anymore maybe you do you know but like when I first got a bank account I remember my opening up and my parents were like okay this is a this is your bank register and you write your transactions here and now we can do it all digitally electronically and and things like that, but I remember you had to write it down and you had to keep track. But if I would come and look at, at how you spend your money, if I would look at those things, it might reveal like, oh, you love to eat out, or you love to go on vacations, or you love to, uh, you have this hobby or this thing you like to do, right? Because you see kind of where our heart goes and where our money reveals what we value most. And I think it's one of the most telling things or quickest, easiest things to really see where our heart at. Our heart is at. And Jesus said it a different way. He put it a little differently in Matthew 6, 21. It might be a familiar scripture to you. He said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. He's saying, listen, there's a connection between your treasure, your finances, your money, and where your heart is at. And I think uh, our finances show where our heart is at. And God's concerned always about the condition of our heart. He's not concerned about our finances. He's concerned about where our heart is, how close it is to him, where we see things, and, and how we uh, focus our hearts towards him. And it's, uh, it, and it's easy to think that we're the source of our, our finances, but that's not the right foundation. It matters the, uh, the heart matters because if you think of our physical heart, it feeds blood, it pumps blood to every part of the body. And I think the same way in true as our finances, it's like it touches kind of every area of our life. It touches every aspect of our life. And that's why maybe the Bible ties it so closely to our heart because it's so important and it, and it feeds so many different aspects of our life that we have to realize or understand, hey, God, we want to honor you even with our finances. I think too many of us have maybe established the wrong fina- the wrong foundation for our finances. We've established the wrong thinking about money, uh, the-, the source of our money or-, or how we use money. And there's a biblical foundation though, that we can grab hold of and it's, and it's easy our culture just to build our foundation on so many other things, so many un- uh, pract- uh, practical things that we just kind of grow up and, and we just believe and, and we think and we just adopt in, in our mentality and our thinking, but the Bible presents a different picture of how we should think about finances. Every We could have a foundation where we think just like, hey, everything we learn says that uh, we earned it, so we own it, right? Like, I earned this money, I worked for this money, and so I own it. Uh, we can have the mentality, that mentality actually, though, kind of denies God's blessing and work on our life. We minimize the power of God. What happens is we take, we take the blessing out of God's hands, and we are trying to put it in our hands. We're saying, I created this, or I did this, or I went to school, and because I went to school and I got this great job, I did this, and... And we deny the actual power of God. I th- I think you might think it like this. You take God out of the throne as a king of your life and you, you kind of section them off and you just put them in one area of your life and, and you say, well, I'm working all these things and God's doing his thing over here. And God doesn't want it like that. He's like, listen, I want to work through you, and I want you to live in my blessing. And I know that I've just, as I've grown in this area over the years and been taught over the years in this area, I know that I've seen God's blessing start to work in my life when I put him at the top, and I put him in the place, and I don't deny the, his His uh, authority, and I don't deny him as the source of our uh, my finances in the source of my life and I think you could think of it like this we take god from that position and we just compartmentalize him and god wants us to be reminded though that hey more than anything he wants us to be reminded that he is our first love and it's easy right it's easy to think like oh man money i love money like it makes it makes life so much more comfortable it makes so much uh, it makes it so much easy easier. And there's sometimes that we can go a little bit too far with that and that we just love money so much. We actually become so enamored with it, the pursuit of it. We work so hard for it that we just say, "Okay, I want all the money I can get. I'm storing up my own treasure and I I'm building this and I'm amassing this and I I want to be responsible with it. I want to uh, grow it." And and those can be some good things, but money if we go too far with that and it becomes our first love and our first priority, we're missing the point of what God says. Listen, I want to be your first love. And I love what Hebrews 13 5 says. It says this. It says, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. You know, years and years and years ago, Jamie and I, after we first got married, we started creating a family budget in our household. And I found that scripture and I put that at the top. we put Printed out. It's a we created the document with our budget. And I put that scripture right at the top of it because I wanted to be reminded, listen, all of this is not a pursuit of the money. It's a pursuit of what God has for me, and I want to live that. I want to trust in him through it all. And the times, let me tell you, the times that are tough, that I can believe and have faith that God is going to come through, that he's going to provide. And I love that. It puts God in the first seat. It puts him as our primary love in our life. And that's the right foundation for us to have, that God should be our first love, and I think the the reality is, we're gonna be feeling left empty when it comes to uh, just the pursuit of money. If we make that our first love, and we're just trying to grow our wealth, and we're just trying to fill our lives with things, and materialism is our is our number one like feeder in our life, and our number one goal, I think we're gonna be left. uh, left feeling empty in it and this I think is best illustrated with what I feel like we live in in America and I'll just call it this I'll call it the Oreo effect and I got a box up here you already wondering what's in the box today today you got the Oreo effect right you know you've you, you realize okay I remember having these when I was a kid, and you have an Oreo, and you're like, this is amazing, dip it in some milk, this is amazing. And I feel like the Oreo effect in America is like, hey, here's a great cookie, and we're gonna sell you, and this, this is a great cookie for you to have, and, and you're gonna enjoy this. And you might have eaten one and be like, oh, they're so good, and I, how do I eat just one, or, or 4,000, I don't know, you know you're know, you trying to manage that and the reality is like you just like man this is the greatest thing right here i'm going to i'm going to enjoy these oreos but then they come out and you see the commercial and they're like you know what Double stuff. Come on, somebody, right here, you know? And they're like, double stuff Oreos, and this is the best thing, and like more cream and more filling, and come on, this is going to be even better, and, and and you see like, okay, now it's double stuff, and you're like, okay, like these are garbage now. Just throw these off, and, and I don't need these anymore because now I got double stuff, right? I got the cream in the center, and there's more, and there's more, but you know what? You get used to that, and then they throw another thing at you, and they're like, you know what? We got mega stuff now right here. And you got mega stuff, and they're like, okay, come on. Like, check these out. You're gonna enjoy these. And 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 you're like, okay, look at how much there is in that. That is unbelievable. And it's losing it. it we're, we're losing it. We're losing the cookie. We're losing the outer shell and all the the, uh, the filling right here. And I think we like get excited about that. And like, what are these anymore? I'm going for the mega stuff. But then you go to Target and you see that they're like now they got the most stuff. Like, what is this? Like, there's barely any cookie on there. It's all filling. You're all filling. And I think, like, sometimes we just keep pursuing the next thing and the next thing, and we're never satisfied, and we get, or we're just waiting for what the next thing is. And, and then we end up at a Saturday night at Target looking like a crazy person buying four packages of Oreos for the sermon today. But I, you get what I'm saying is like, if you're looking for this to satisfy you, right? Like if you eat one of these cookies, you're not getting any nutrition in your body, let me just tell you, okay? But you're gonna get nutrition and you're gonna get health by ingesting the right things in your body and, and you're, not, you're gonna be on this, this hamster wheel, so to speak, of more, more, more and excess and excess and excess and let me add more things and get the latest and the newest and you're just always gonna be left wanting more. This right here, in our life, if you apply it to all of our lives, in every area of our life, this leads us to financial distress. This leads us to feeling like we're not enough. It leads us to feeling like uh, we need more, and, and we, we, uh, uh, we measure ourselves by, by what other people have. And, you know, you go to your friend's house, and you're like, man, they got double stuff. I'm doing a little better than them. I got the mega stuff, you know. And you get, you get a little prideful maybe in there. Maybe if you're eating though you're eating the watermelon oreos we'll just pray for you okay i don't know if you've ever seen those before i have the uh, distinct pleasure of saying i've eaten one of those and they were terrible but i think the reality get this the reality here is this, this this leads us in debt this leads us into stress because we're always pursuing more and it leaves us feeling empty we have to have the right foundation in our life that we're going to be satisfied got what God is doing in our life. That we are we're know that he's a blessing and, and that he is uh, our first love in our life. That we're not just pursuing the next best thing and the next greatest thing and trying to add it to our life, and, and that's going to make us happy. No, God is the one he, that makes us happy. God is the one that has a perfect love. He's the one that fulfills the, the hole that's in all of our heart that we need, uh, and, the, and we can't fill that with anything else in this world. And I think this is a trap that in our culture is just built around us. We don't even realize it sometimes. The next iPhone is coming out, the next electronic, the next thing, the next – thing you got to add, or your neighbor gets one of these, and you want one of those, and you got to have one of those, and and I think, hey, those things can be a blessing in life. There's nothing wrong with that stuff, but it can be a dangerous slope if we say that is our number one, that I'm pursuing that, and I'm putting that in, in the, the, the spot of where God should be, that I just want to add all of this to my life, and let me tell you, that leads, like I said, to debt and financial stress, and if you are, like I mentioned at the top of my message, if you are uh, in that place where you say, listen, I got bills piling up. I don't know what to do. Financial Peace University is for you. That's a place where you can learn practical tools that you can retire debt. You can get in a healthy place in your finances. And then once you get to a healthy place, you're going to just feel all of that just de-stress walk away. And you know, you're going to just be in a better place. And I love what Isaiah 55 says too. It says this, it says, why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Those are Oreos, okay uh, why pay for food that does not does no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest foods that 's a promise right here that we get from God that we can enjoy that he's going to be he 's going to provide for us that that we we can 't satisfy ourselves with the junk food of this world that only we can be satisfied by. Uh, what he brings to us, and so we have to put him as our number one so kind of having a strong foundation and having a biblical approach to our finances in life uh, means that we don't we don't let a love for money override our love for the one who first loved us. so listen, get that grab a hold of this don't ever let love for money override your love for the one who first loved you I think It's a great reminder for all of us today. The danger is that we just elevate all the other things. It's easy, right? It's easy where we have so much. Marketing that goes into how we spend our money—people are dying to—they're strategizing right now on how they can get you to spend your money on their product. We have so much of that that just can distract us or take us off. But the reality is, listen—we got to keep at the center and just remember, even when it comes to our finances, that we want to keep Jesus at the center—that He's our first love, that He loved us so much. The second thing is—is this—is that not only should we see. Uh, God is our first love, but we should see, he should be seen as our source. God should be seen as our source. He is the one that is our supply. He's created everything, and through him, all knowledge has been made known. Now, you may not even think of it, have ever thought about it like that, but you never think of that God is the one that is the, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the Bible says. It's that through him, all knowledge is be made so. Every, I would just say, every invention, every scientific discovery, Everything that uh, we as humans have dreamt up or thought, God is the source of it. He is the one that has imparted that knowledge. He is the one that has brought that discovery. He is the one that knew it first or or brought that creation or that uh, innovation. And we put God as the source. When we put him as the source, it totally changes things. It changes the starting point of how we think about where our finances come from. Genesis chapter two, right from the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, it said He placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over him. So that God then put Adam and Eve, He put Adam in the garden to tend and watch over him. And I think there's a great myth out there that says, "Listen, I'm the owner of all of my finances," and that is a myth. We see right here that God gave to Adam. The earth to watch over, the garden to tend to it, to take care of the animals, to, to take care of the plants, to pick the fruits and vegetables that came. And the myth is that sometimes we believe that, hey, I'm the owner of everything, but the truth is, is that God is the owner. And he's actually appointed you and I as managers of it, just like he did in Genesis chapter 2. He appointed Adam to take care of it. He's appointed us to take care of the finances that he is uh, funneling our way, that he's the source of, that is coming our way. And I, I, I think we got to be reminded of that when it comes to our finances. That, listen, it's not just our own work. It's not just the fact that, like, you you're... Providing for your family and that you're working hard. That, but God is blessing you, and that He is the source of that company and that job, and and what you have is it comes from Him. We put Him in the right place. Then we we put the right foundation around our finances. Right there when we when we put God as our source. Colossians 1.16 reminds us of this because the Apostle Paul he writes to the church in Colossians uh, Colossae he says. For through him, and he's talking about Jesus, for through Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we cannot see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. And everything was created through him and for him. So there, right there we're putting God as the source and Jesus is the creator and it was all done through him and for him. So your life, your finances, they have the you have the ability to be a bless a blessing to others. You have the ability to be a blessing because God is blessing you. Colossians 3:23 reminds us though uh, why we work. You don't work just for your boss, you don't work just for your company. It reminds us that our work ethic, we should work hard and we should do it willingly, it says, at what, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. It's a great reminder right there. Listen. That God is our source. He's the one. He's placed us. And the money that you earn and the things that you have, they're a blessing from God. Maybe it's the car or a house or a furniture or clothing. Or maybe it's the, the hobby that you're able to, to enjoy in life. That's a blessing from God. And the job you have is a significant blessing. And it's a part of the purpose And that God can do all things through you. He can work through you and do Uh, uh, things that are gonna speak to his eternal glory and purpose in your job and the way that he's blessing you. That's why he reminds us that in Colossians 3.23. So we have to put him in the highest place. We have to put him as our creator, as our king. He's the source. And we let him guide and control uh, our life. We don't take ownership. We realize, listen, I'm the manager. I'm the steward of it. I'm here to take care of it, just like Adam God put uh, Adam in charge of the garden. So let me remind you this principle when it comes to our biblical perspective of finances and just kind of having the right foundation is this. Don't take ownership of things you are only meant to manage. Don't take ownership of things you were only meant to manage. You see, God is, is saying, listen, just put me in the right place and it'll continue to bless you. I'll continue to pour out my blessings on you. And I love that we have that promise that God is saying, listen, I, we can stand inside of his favor. We can stand inside of his life. And there's a difference. Uh, between standing in God's favor and standing outside of God's favor. And I think that's what it comes down to in our life is that we wanna pursue God's best in our life. We, we, we can pursue a lot of other things, but let's just say I wanna pursue God's best. I want the best that he has for my life. And that means that I don't take ownership of things that I was just want, meant to be the manager of. What a great reminder. You're just meant to be the manager. Just steward it, just take care of it. And I think that's that's how uh, we should see it. That's how we should see it. We shouldn't grab hold of it. A few months back, my sister lives in Tennessee, and we were visiting her. And I remember seeing uh, they have a huge man-made lake that they live near. And uh, as we were driving to their house, there's just all there's dams that have dammed up the lake, and there's streams that kind of flow in all these different directions. And I remember they're looking for a house and looking for property and. Uh, they looked at a house and there, there's just a stream in the back. I thought about this. Like, if I bought that house with the stream and the water was flowing through the stream and I could enjoy it, maybe that's a stream. Think about this it's big enough to swim in, it's big enough to fish a little bit. I know there'd be a couple of amens on that one right there, you know, but you were able to to step into that, that piece of property that that stream flows through it. Now, it would be ridiculous or ignorant of me to think that like I own every bit of water that just flows through that stream because it's moving, it's passing through my property, it's passing through kind of my possession. The reality is, is if I was da- there and I followed that stream back to its source, I would come to an enormous Acres and acres and miles and miles, man-made lake. That there was just tons of water. So why would I try to just take possession of that when I I realize that there's a source that is bigger and more infinite that I could ever dream or ever think about? And that God just calls us to think about our finances like that that it's just passing through it's not about us trying to grab it and hoard it and 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 add it into into everything that in our life but it, instead it's just about us purposefully saying listen god i'm here to steward it as it passes through i can take care of it i can I can keep an eye on it. I can keep it clean. I think of water or a stream passing through. I would want to make sure that, hey, I'm not polluting it extra, that I'm keeping it clean, that I'm keeping the debris out of it, that other people will be able to enjoy it. And I love that picture that we could get from that, that, listen, it's not about, it. there's an unending, or there's a never-ending flow and source that comes from God when it comes to our finances that God, is, God owns it all, and that he can bless us, and he can continue, that will just continue to flow through us, but we should almost keep it open-handed, and we should just let it flow through and say, listen, I just want to steward it for the season or for the time that it's in my property, or that it's in my possession, and that I have it. I think even though you don't own it, you still can take care of it. You can still enjoy it, right? That's how finances are. God doesn't say, listen, it's supposed to be a drag, and it's supposed to Be discouraging and stressful. Actually, just he says, "Listen, it's there for you to enjoy," but there's a place that we have to put it, and a starting point we have to have in our finances. And we don't—we're not meant to take ownership of things that we're only meant to manage. My bottom line, I guess, for you today is this: you're meant to manage money, and not have money manage you. And I think too many times where we've just been saturated in our our world to. Be so consumed with money that it can come, it can come from a couple different standpoints. Of that we're so consumed with earning it or making more of it that it's just it's guiding all of our decisions. It's our first love, and that's not the point. That's not what God wants for us. I think another thing is that we can just get overloaded, and we we start racking up debt, and it becomes stressful, and our finances become a thing that we don't want to look at. It we want to we want to ignore actually, and it tends to manage like dictate uh, so much of our life. It actually starts to handcuff us and we're, we're unable to do the things that maybe God wants to do through us. So we have to kind of get to the right starting point. We have to get to the right place. Say, God, I want to live in your blessing. Money is not meant to manage us. It's, we're meant to uh, manage it. And that's the healthy place. So don't let it control you. Don't let it guide you. and Just put God in the top place and put him at the center of everything. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.